Welcome to Archery Country Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Archery Country Podcast. This is Wade as we are uh, in our mobile studio, you guess you could say. I got my good friend Jake with us, and we got some other cats in the house that are going to have a lot of fun today talking about some certain things that lines up perfect this time of year when we're uh, most of us are in the deer stands or already have harvested. We are in Clear Lake, Minnesota at McDonald Meats. We have Travis McDonald and Sean Imholt in the house. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing great. And uh, they're wearing their very nice pullovers, professional as it is, McDonald's Meats. If you have never heard of this place, you guys need to Google it and stop in here. I'm kind of pushing them a little bit. But uh, Travis, Sean, we're going to start with you, Travis. Uh, If you wouldn't mind, just give us a little bit of history for the shop. You, you have an outstanding long line of people in this place. And then uh, dabble a little bit as you're an outdoorsman and Mm -hmm. your hunting situation. So we'll just kind of start that way. Yeah. Um, my family started this business over 106 years ago. Um, we're same location, same family. My great grandfather started it in 1914. Uh, and then from there, my grandfather took it over from him. My father bought into the business and took it over from him. And now myself and Jennifer Durkis have bought into the business and we have taken it over from Dave, my father. Um, you know, it's grown a lot. We've changed a lot. You know, we've seen a lot of different eras, if you want to call it. Um, you know, my great grandfather went through the depression. Um, you know, we had some recessions, but through it all, um, we've made a lot of changes. Um, my, my father being the biggest one that changed really the, the direction where this market was going. We did a lot of dry goods, groceries, different things like that made one type of sausage when my father took it over in 89. And from there, He's like, I, I need to do a niche. So we started with jerky and it just blossomed. We did, now we have 20 some different jerkies, you know, sticks, smoked sausage, our own bait. I mean, we do everything in house um, and you name it, we make it. And uh, yeah, so now we have, you know, a great location right on Highway 24 and Highway 10. And Man, outstanding storefront. And yeah, I've been you. by this million times and didn't realize how big yeah. we're, we're located somewhere in the back. We are. Which is like 17 miles to get back through and everything <laughs> to get back here. But you know, We added those 17 miles on here uh, a couple of years ago, a nice pr- production facility, and that's really helped our process. You know, productivity, that type of stuff is really, uh, really taken off and helped because we were so crammed and trying to do what we were doing, you know, yep. before, and now it's more streamlined for sure. I love it. And you hunt? I do. I do. Yeah. I, avid bow hunter. Uh, just was out last night, uh, passed on about 120 incher that I had. What? Yeah, I did. You I must did. shop at Archery Country. I do. I do <laughs> shop at Archery Country. Yeah. Pass on 120 inch deer. No, hey, that honestly, that isn't like me. Uh, typically, I would I would pull the trigger, but I have some uh, bigger and better ones that I, I'm after, and it was just one of those things. It it didn't present the right shot, um, so I wanted to make sure I had a clean well, shot. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. It, Good private time. ground, McDonald meets private Big ground, game. yeah, closed gate, yeah, closed, yeah. Clo- oh yeah, high fence, no, <laughs> not five acres, I love it. yeah, five acres of high fence. I love it, Sean. Give us a little bit of your history, where you came into this story, and and what you're all about. I came here, well, I grew up with a family actually, um, and been here working since we were young. Uh, started working as a dishwasher, 
and have just kind of came through all the way. Um, was gone for a few years. Um, and then once that ended, Trav called me during venison season. Called you? I thought you kind of came groveling at my oh, feet. No. Like, I need a job. <laughs> I probably should have, actually. Car sales dropped <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, Did yeah. car sales for nine years. And then uh, came back here and have been back here now for 11 years or 12 years, something like that. Um, I run the retail department. Okay. So dealing with uh, most of the stuff up front. Still get to play in the back, which is still fun um, with that stuff. But I like dealing with the customers. Um, going with everything, uh, as in outdoors-wise, love the outdoors. Do a lot of the uh, hunting, fishing, mm-hmm. mostly archery. Um, I probably haven't picked up a gun in 15 or 20 years. So. Right on. So I like the archery part. Love out west. Um doing that kind of stuff. So helping customers with trying to figure out what works best for what they want to eat too. Um, as in venison, some people feel that venison has a game of your taste, but right. you know, proper preparation, everything is good. And for those of the listeners on here and Jake, you can chime in <clears throat> last week or two weeks ago, our last episode, we had uh, Keith on our culinary chef and we talked more of what an individual can do by themselves right. from meat preparation. Mm-hmm. After you make, the successful shot and you find the animal, especially the last 30 days, we've been pretty warm temperatures, you know, and Keith, he's from Eastern United States, Pennsylvania, and then hunted the Midwest a ton. And he talked a lot about meat preparation Yeah, before you ever package it, what For you sure. can do. But we, we kind of dabbled on it a little bit. And I think we can really dive into it from yeah. the professionals, and that's why we have. And Jake, you you've been with these guys for a while, and you grew up with them, and you know the ins and outs. All three of you, I don't know, Trav, have you been successful this year? Not yet. No, I passed, but, but yeah, yeah, I shot it on Saturday. Yeah. yeah, meat for the freezer. Meat for the freezer. Yeah, I love it. And Jake, he's already put some meat in the fridge freezer, so to speak. So uh, I think that's where we're just gonna we're just gonna go face first and right into it. Uh, as we're crouching into some cold fronts, you know, there's some things that can change, but we'll, we'll just go from the start of the season to the end of the season. Not so much once it gets in here, we'll get to that part, but let's say just like Sean, you just, you just shot a doe, Yep. clean kill. Everything was good. You got her both of you guys and Jake chime in. What are we doing from after the pictures, after the celebration, the work begins and I don't want people to get discouraged. Like, okay, it's work. It's, it's actually no, just it's part not. of the process. No, it's part of the process. Yeah. And if it's you part want of you guys hunter. have some yeah. tips and tricks to make it a heck of a lot easier. Well, part of it is getting that animal cooled down 100% okay. get the guts out and get that animal cooled. Guts, you know, and, and the lungs heart too. Sometimes yeah. as, a lot as of people forget that a part. lot of people forget that they have that diaphragm they get up to, they remove, move the innards and they, they'll leave those, that heart and uh, diaphragm in there and going all the way up and making sure you're pulling that out. Um, and then like Sean said, cooling it down is utmost, most important. If it's, you know, rinsing out with a garden hose, packing it with ice, um, how you hang it in a tree, if it's cold enough at night, um, like you said, it's been kind of warm, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, making sure you're, you're hanging it from hanging upside down, upside down. So that chest cavity, the heat can rise out. Right. Um, otherwise well, you hang it from the head side, that heat stays in that chest cavity. And that chest cavity is just a, so say, say that again, hair. just so everybody you're saying, hang it upside down, hang it upside down by from, the back, leg. by the back okay. legs. Yep. A lot of people hang it from the head a lot easier, you know? Well, you I know. mean, that's granddaddy's old photos right downstairs. Exactly. There was a meat pole and there was 17. <laughs> 
bucks, everything from a Y buck to a big dog. Right. And they're hung by, you know, they're not, their tongue sticking out. And it was, oh, yeah. yeah that's the other, where you want to go upside down. Yeah, you upside, go upside down. down. The other thing I think that, that, too, is like, you know, especially bow hunting, early season, you don't make that perfect shot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what kind of time frame do you guys see with, like, you know, I'd say it's a early season night that's 70 degrees at night. And, you know, I hit it back, you know, and I, all right, I got to leave this thing lay. I mean, what's an appropriate time frame on the meat standpoint that it can lay, you know, because I know, you know, you want to leave that thing lay as long as you possibly can. So you're not spooking them again, right. Right, kicking you know, them up. And is it, is it the six hour wait or is an eight hour wait from the time, you know, if it is a gut shot, it's the six to eight hour wait anyways mm-hmm. on something like that. And once you find that deer, you need to make the appropriate actions right away. Get that gutted out. But are you guys, you know, like, let's say you shoot it 6 o'clock in the evening. He's trying real hard not to look at me during this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, so let's say you shoot 6 o'clock in the evening. It's a warm evening, early season. Are you getting up in the middle of the night to go look, or are you waiting until morning because of meat? Care? For meat status, I would probably try to be up there by, if it's a 6 o'clock shot, I would say like four o'clock, you'd yeah. be up and going for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to find that deer. The other big thing is, is when that, when that deer dis, was deceased, you know, when, you know, what in that time frame did it live for the six hours of the eight hours you waited? Yeah. Because right. that meat is still good that, you know, that's still body. It's still doing its thing. You know, if it passed away, right you away. know, right away, now we're talking different. So really it's a, it's, it's a kind of a case by yeah. case to where, you get there once you remove the guts, you field dress it, looking at it and going, okay, because a gut shot too, you know, is going to play a huge part. You know, did it, did it, did the arrow travel through the guts and through the hindquarters? Yeah. You know, every, everything like that, you know, so we, you, there's a lot of different factors that factor in. Um, honestly, the biggest thing, get them guts out, get it home, rinse it out. Rinse it out really well. Really good. Pack it with ice, um, and then it, you, you evaluate it in the morning. Um, you're you're good, definitely gonna know if the biggest thing if if a if it doesn't smell good, you know if it's given a sour, pungy smell. And then looking in that meat once you and then get that hide off right away. Yeah, get that hide off. Take a knife, come into that back hind quarter and cut up into that bone where that joint sits. That joint is gonna tell you the story. If that joint is green. Mm-hmm. it's gone. Yeah. Gotcha. So once that, you know, getting that hide off right away, getting into that hind quarter, get right into that pelvis joint where that ball joint comes in yep. and cutting it into there and you'll be able to see the color difference. If that color is really green and off and you'll be able to smell it and that meat is sour at that point. Right. If yeah. you don't have that, you're good to go get that thing cooled down as possible, fast possible, break it down. If you can, um, try to get that deer broke down and cooled off as quickly as possible and it does happen it does it does you know, oh, it, yeah. it happens and you have to leave it for a half a day or or into the end and it gets warm there about 11 o'clock hour and then okay yep we found it yep it does happen is there any parts that can be salvageable yeah back yeah. straps too and then where it lays too if it's been laying on its side and it's been dead for quite some time sometimes yeah. that that side that's laying there is going to go faster just okay. because of that heat retention there. The side that's down. The yeah. side that's okay. down, yeah. Yeah. And it's a case-by-case scenario. If you have questions on it, bring it here. It, you yeah. know, we don't have a problem. You know, if you come in and tell us, hey, I shot a deer, 
I'm questioning you how good it is. Yeah. We'll take a mm-hmm. look at it. We'll cut into those hams. We'll be able to tell. Right. And we'll give you an honest opinion because we want to salvage out the deer just as much as you do. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing here is you know, trying to educate people as much as they can, how to take care of their meat from the field to if they bring it in here, if they process it um, themselves, whatever, you know. Um, but, you know, too, like, you know, there's that scenario where you're at home. You can come to the meat shop right away the right. next morning. Here's my deer. You know, you know, we have a lot of guys that travel out west early season and archery hunt too. You know, they're either in the backcountry where they're hanging their quarters, um, or they have a cooler. You know, and they're putting their stuff in their cooler. You know, and I know that's, you know, both of those have a lot of techniques to them, and even the cooler can vary a lot from you know if they're sitting in wet water compared to keeping it drier and keeping it cool. You know, what's preferred with with those things? Yeah, if you're coming out west, um, and you are successful, and like me. <laughs> then you're gonna you're gonna want to get that deer your elk or antelope whatever you need it's cooled down just like you would broke down when you go out west bring some sort of plastic you know just a, yeah. a, just something to put down when you harvest that animal mm-hmm. don't throw it down on on the dirt mm-hmm. you know because that's just meat loss you're not going to get that all cleaned off we have to cut that out and you're going to lose uh, that yeah. and we can work magic but we can't work magic if you know I what i mean you. i mean it all starts, you know, and in, in, there's a lot of people out there. And, you know, I think, Jake, we were talking prior um, about uh, just people not knowing, new people getting in, into the mm-hmm. sport. You know, if, if you're ever wondering on how to break down, YouTube it, man. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of stuff on there. And we're, I think we're going to try here this year to put some stuff on our website. But just, you know. YouTube it, it'll explain a lot, just how to break it down, how to skin a deer, you know, but like Sean said, getting back to that, you know, bring some plastic out, you can roll that animal on, you know. And you guys are completely comfortable, like, let's say I did harvest something in Nebraska, and mm-hmm. I call you and say, you know, hey, Sean, uh, I shot him last night, he's been on ice, I'll be there tomorrow morning. Yep. You guys will take that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and then do the processing from there on out. Yep. Yeah. Just and make sure you're following the rules as in uh, right. yeah, cross straight lines, yeah. regulations. No, no, yep, regulations. Yep. No spinal cord. And no they head. and they change, man. They change yearly. You know what what can move. I mean, now it's pretty set where no whole yeah. carcass can move across straight state lines. But just just with even within the state. Yeah. And we have you know CWZ zones and surveillance areas. Each one's different. Yeah, make you got sure to you you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to know where you go. I mean, I got I got talked to. I didn't get in trouble, but I got talked to last year coming from South Dakota here. Mm-hmm. Completely blew my mind, you know, that I didn't even think about it. Yeah. It was literally an hour across the border and loaded things up like I was going to, and then luckily I did get checked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so then we went back to the ranch and took care of it. Mm-hmm. Brought, I got the meat back, you know, yep. but <clears throat> had to do a little more, a little extra. And, and not that we're... We have. Okay, there's been a present sitting here in the middle of the table that we haven't opened yet. You guys are one of the very few shops that we know of in the state, COVID, CWD, everything else, that are still open for bringing in the entire carcass. Whole deer. Yeah, the whole deer. Yeah. The whole deer. Mm-hmm. And you will continue to be open. You'll let everyone know when yeah. you're going to take. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to be open. You know, we're taking deer right now with our tree coming into the gun season we'll take them until we can't you know i mean there's only so much to where we have to look at it and say okay we want to continue doing 
quality like quality yeah. exactly because we have we have that to uphold too you know and, and our facility can only handle so much and our mm-hmm. employees can only oh absolutely ha- handle so much so i mean for the hunters out there we're we're, we're going to try our best um but uh, unfortunately there's no guarantees especially in 2020 we right. <laughs> and that's what jake year. and i talked about is and we talked a little bit of this on the last podcast is some locker plants or processing plants however you guys go by it's all about a bottom dollar and am i getting my deer back Mm -hmm. Uh, you know you put it upon your own shoulders that you have a very very nice establishment here you take care of everything you're very very clean not that we're saying come and tour the place but you can stand by the word that we're saying and it is free advertisement but in the same sense is we're trying to help the outdoor industry right correct because like jake and you can contest this we've seen what through three times as many new hunters oh it's been insane this year with people getting into the sport and i think that's you know one of the reasons i wanted to do this podcast is because one of the most intimidating things to a new hunter is especially if they're not from a hunting family have never been around an animal you know after it's expired like how do i take care of this thing now what do i do right you know now i'm successful but the success bring some stress to it on stress, i don't know what to do to yeah and, and i know you know i've known these guys for a long time and i know you know if they can take care of it in the field and bring it in here mm-hmm. they don't have to stress about it right like right. they know they're going to get a good product and then to some education for people you know on, on how do i you know because a lot of people don't know like okay i shot this deer now what do i do from now to then you know i yeah. can't make it there for a day i can't make it there for two days right you know um, so, you know, I think just a little bit of educational piece on, or if I'm out West, how do I get my meat into a, a point when it gets back that it's still good. And these guys don't want to take in bad product because right. if, if that's bad, when it gets to them, yeah, you know, they, they live on their word of producing a good thing you can bring to your table. Mm-hmm. So the only way they're going to do that is if they have something to start with, that's good. Right. Yep. And that's correct. And it, I mean, and we don't like making that phone call to people saying, and you know, hey, your deer is not, yeah. a, and we do, and we do, because yeah. ultimately we want the consumer to have that experience, to have that you know great tasting meat when they you know because it, it's our name on it, you know, yeah, and absolutely. and you know, and it, it just it it just will help them do it again next year and come back and and, and have a love for the sport too yeah, and i think it's your guys's name on it but you guys also do it yourself mm-hmm. and and you love the outdoors and that byproduct of the outdoors is something you can you know share with your family and and have as a protein source for all year long right. too so Correct. you know there's both sides of that you know oh, you yeah. guys do an outstanding job with your business but i think it means something to you guys as well because oh, sure. because of that background and, and yeah. exactly you say sharing it with your family you guys can contest to this. It, it's a very healthy product. It is. Oh, yeah. As good as you can um, get. Mm-hmm. And when it's all said and done, not talking prices, but talking prices, if I spend that amount of money, get it processed, packaged, I bring it home and put it in the freezer, it's labeled, everything's good to go. It doesn't take me very long to spend that same amount of money at Sam's Club or wherever right. you're getting your junk meat, and I'm not afraid to say that. Right. You It... it pays for itself it does it does yeah and, and it's it, very very healthy and it's very like very I, rewarding knowing exactly where that animal came from exactly you know yep. so and the the long the lines like we i just had a and jake he actually helped this customer the other day he shot a buck last night his he started exactly two months ago 
said, oh, I'm going to bow hunt this year. <laughs> I go, okay. Come in and bought the nicest of the nicest stuff and the greatest of the greatest stuff. And he went out and his third sit shot a really nice A-pointer. Didn't even know what he shot. He's just like, oh, it's my great buck. And then he sent me pictures. And I'm like, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> that's a 140-inch A-pointer, oh, dude. You know, yeah. like, lit. And he goes, well, now what do I do? I can't take it to my local meat shop. And luckily, we had talked literally two days ago about this podcast. And I was like, well, you maybe need to first get ready into his garage. And he did. He caped it out. Had somebody cape it out. Scun it. And then it's coming here. Yep. But, uh, yeah, they, they, we don't turn away, even at the archery shop. First thing we're going to say is, you know, where did you shoot it? Mm-hmm. Is it dead? Mm-hmm. And then we go down the long. And they can call you guys. Correct. Right. Yeah. That's kind of nice that, you know, customers... <clears throat> doing that and asking the question. Well, yeah, and he's brand new, you know. That's right. it's I think change, change things have changed from back when I grew up. Like, right. you know, we didn't talk about our harvest. We didn't say, "Oh, we weighed 296 pounds and we went 8 for 8." You right. know, we took the animal, we took care of it. It was kind of a a cleaning party. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then we all grown apart a little bit as far as busy and we're all working and then we went to our processors and we're still enjoying the meat, you know, we're just not having that Right. And there's nothing wrong with doing it yourself. Absolutely not. No, but if we, you have questions. Right. And then I can kind of jump in a little bit of that of when you do shoot that deer, if you don't know, you can call us. But mm-hmm. what you'd want to do is find the animal, get the animal, get that cleaned out. If you got access to a water hose, clean the cavity out, mm-hmm. get that cavity cleaned out. Um, and if it's not something you're going to be putting a head mount on, yeah, cut through the brisket all the way up. Cut all the way up to the head. Okay. Hold that esophagus out because that's going to spoil as well because you're going to have foods in there that whatever it's eating and stuff like that is all going to be sitting up in there. Gotcha. Especially on a larger deer, especially during the rut. Mm-hmm. You know, the buck's going to have that big swollen neck. Mm-hmm. That's just going to retain all that heat. They got their winter coat. Get that opened up. Get that deer hung by the hind quarter, by the hind leg. And if you are going to if you have the accessibility to skin it, skin it's going to bring it cool it down faster but if not when it's plenty cold you can leave mm-hmm. that hide on there and then you're not going to have to worry about hair and dirt and everything else that's going to get it on the outside which this is a question since our last podcast another podcast came out from a very creditable source and they like were 360 degrees different from what we were saying keith we we kind of edged on that early season mm-hmm. we talked about the gutless method Yep. where regulations oh, yeah. allow it mm-hmm. and deboning the meat, then bringing the meat to you guys mm-hmm. or doing it yourself. You guys are saying, hang it. <clears throat> is there, is it better for the meat to be hung and stay on the bone or stay together? Is there a difference? Is there a molecular breakdown? I'm not sure if it stays on the bone. Well, if it stays on the animal and you have it hanging, when, once rigor mortis sets in, that's what you're looking for. You want that meat to go through rigor mortis. Right. And yeah. that meat stays pulled apart the meat fibers, the proteins. Yeah, and it's not very long. Once that body is cooled down, so, I mean, it'll go through rigor once the animal has chilled probably to that 40 degrees. Okay. Um, After that, after it goes through that, then there's no, like, you know, you have some people that'll hang them for two, three days, you know, a week. week. You're, You're really not doing anything we can get in on that too about um like a wet aging and stuff like that after you process it break it down into primals um you know we uh we have found of not cutting your primals into steaks or chops and primals is going to be your your like your loin loin your back strap 
your, your hindquarters, hindquarter meats. So yep. you're you're letting this. You're saying not do it right away. You break everything down, okay, just yep. like you would cut it into your steaks and stuff, but you leave it whole muscle, um, and then. If you want, put it in your fridge in, in, a, in a Ziploc bag yeah. um, for about a week and then, then freeze it from there. Um, if you want to talk about quality and, and flavor and that type of stuff, now that's the way, you know. That's how it, we do it. That's how we do it. As personal. Yeah. Um, and we can do that here for you too. Yeah, when, when you bring it in. Not as in like the aging process, but leaving it whole muscle for you. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, the best way to do it. That, and then you can take that, say your backstrap or your loin there, and you can, you know, cut it in three pieces. You can grab one of them out and you can say, hey, I'm going to do this with it tonight. I'm going to cut it into chops or I'm going to take that and put it on the smoke and roast that whole thing tonight, you know. So it gives you a lot more options and variables than just having everything cut and specced. For sure. So. Very interesting. Yeah. Didn't know that. Didn't know. So you're saying break everything down and you're talking primals, your, yep. your preliminary cuts of meat. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Not so much. Cutting everything up and then packaging it separate. Correct. Like, okay, give, give me an example. Backstrap. I cut the entire backstrap. You're cutting it into thirds? I usually cut mine into thirds because it works well for my family. I've got a wife and two kids. I got you. So on a, on a deer, if it's a smaller deer, maybe you want yeah. to do two. But I'm just looking for portion size for our family. Okay. Um, and you can do that at home. It's mm-hmm. very simple once you break that down, pull out the backstrap. Or if you're talking about the hindquarters. You now, if you take a, a top round off yep. the deer and it's a bigger chunk of meat say on mm-hmm. an average size deer let's say that weighs what four pounds yep yeah cut it in two pieces i've got two two pound pieces i can do whatever i want i can have it cut in steaks i can make a roast mm-hmm. i can cut into fajita meat it just gives you all kinds of options to work with that and then you know let's say if it's done at a processor you take that meat out leave it sit in your fridge for four days before mm-hmm. you're going to run it it's just going to start mm-hmm. breaking down that meat well, it ages in a good way because now, now that's all cleaned up. The bacteria is removed, you know, um, it, it's just a clean piece of meat. And now when you age it, you don't have that bacteria growth. It's, it's breaking, like Sean said, those fibers down even more. It's just like aging, a, you know, a beefsteak, you know, yeah. or anything like that. Um, yeah. And it, it, sometimes it'll even mild the meat out a little right, bit, especially sure. if it's a bigger, bigger deer, bigger buck. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll take that gaminess away. Um, and I tell you what, that's how we do everything now. Yeah. And it, it's great. It's a catch me now. dabble on that word. Gamey. Okay. My wife, I married her 12 years ago. Check that. And, uh, they're not from, they didn't, they, they did not harvest their food. <clears throat> everything was store-bought. So when it comes to wild game, that's the very first thing that came in. Gamey. Oh, I'm like, well, no. So I had to do like the step-by-step process of incorporating it when she didn't know. Yep. To now. There's a step-by-step process (laughs) to this. (laughs) Yeah, basically it's called lying. (laughs) Yeah, I lied. I lied. I did. Sorry, Abby. (laughs) But where does that word, I hate that word. It is a terrible word because... A lot of it is based off of field care. Yes. Yeah. Proper care of the animal, cooling it down. You know, bear gets a bad rap. Yeah. Bear gets a bad rap. When you shoot a bear, that hide needs to come off. The guts need to come out right away. Right. When you do that and get that bear cooled down, bear is re- really good. Yeah, and I think it's no different than antelope kind of has a bad yeah. rap oh, too. Yeah, but for sure. It's your, you know, do you think your season for bear or antelope? Right. It's oh, yeah. It's hot. August, early September. It's 90 hot, degrees. And, I mean... It, 
let's just face it, like field care is tough then. Yeah. Because you don't have time. I mean, you need to get things taken care of right away and cool down. And then a bear is even tougher because you're talking big muscle groups. Right. And if you're trying to do that in a cooler with a couple bags of ice and packing all your meat in there, it's Especially pretty tough it's a to big do. One. They got a big fat cap on Yep. Them, you know, mm-hmm. some of that too on a bear, you'd want to get some of that fat cap down because that fat is just going to retain heat so much. So much. And, and, and back to that gamey thing, it's, that's where your, your your flavor, your maybe pungent flavor or mm. your gaminess, if you want to call that, yeah. uh, may come from. We have an employee here that's an avid bear hunter, and he's an advocate of you pull that hide, you trim that fat off, and you cool it down. And, and it's great meat. It's great meat. Mm. It really is. You know, because I was under, the, you know, like, oh, man, bear, really? Mm-hmm. Bear? Yeah. Um, but it... It's a huge good, difference. Good, good, yeah. good. Well, I think, you know, like, you know, I've grown up whitetail hunting and, you know, figured out ways to cool down whitetail size quarters. Right. Um, but then I've struggled with that on the same time with elk. Right. You shoot mm-hmm. an elk when it's hot and you have so much cooler space with so much ice space and you're trying to, you know, cool down these big quarters when it's 90 yep. degrees out. Um you know, it, it takes a whole it different a system than yeah. it does to cool down a whitetail quarter. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, bear is kind of the same thing. If you're leaving the fat on there and you have a little bit bigger quarters and it's, you know, early September, right. it's tough to cool down. So you got to have a plan. You have to have a plan. If you're going out west, you know, we were out there for you know, 12 days this year. And the whole plan was we had coolers more than we needed. We yeah. had plans of, okay, if we shoot the animal, it's got to get hung. Mm-hmm. You know, you quarter it and you hang it down by a creek or, you know, because we was warm weather, we was 85 degrees when we were out in Montana and it, it you got to have a plan going into that. And then once you get that back to the truck, who's going to town, you need to yep. get that ice or if you're hitting the locker, get to that locker and, you know, have a plan prior coming into that. Because if you are bringing it to the locker and you don't have the cooler space, where are you going to go? Are they open? Because not everyone's open when you Google it. Uh-huh. For sure, you know, you're like, yeah, hey, the best yep. plan, I got this figured out. Well, you go there, and there ain't been somebody there in six months. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so the biggest thing out of that whole story is it's part of the hunt. Yeah. You know, it's part of his plan, you know. It is. Um, because I want to eat that elk. It's right, damn good. exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've been spoiled. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, it's right. like, oh, I shot a deer. Let's bring it into the shop. I'll cool it down, <laughs> yeah. you know. You have a little bit so different scenario. I have a one. way different scenario, you know, and, and but I have brought myself to realize out there that, People don't have that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the venison season, uh, not bow necessarily, but gun, we extend our hours for receiving because we know people are coming back. We know people are hunting till dark, mm-hmm. and then what are they going to do with that animal? Right. So that's really good to know. Yeah. So like Sunday of opening weekend, we're going to be open till seven, and we are always open till seven on on that night. Mm-hmm. And then Monday through Friday, we're open till seven as well. Right um, on. So when is the gun season this year? The s- no, no. November seventh, I believe. Yeah, I I'm not a gun. I'm hunter. not a gun. No, I'm not really either. But, but I should know this. It's a main it's a part of our season. business. <laughs> so you think Sean and I'd be like November seventh? Yeah, that's, that's why those guys aren't. Uh, we'll be open. Yeah, that's why they're not gun hunters. Exactly. And I don't know how I got thrown in. Oh yeah, let's take over a meat market. You know, it's like there's no time to hunt. There's no time to hunt. Yeah. That was a dumb choice. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing with you. Same thing with you. Yeah. Right. Right. You guys yeah. should be A shooters and you should hunt all the time. Well, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, okay. So McDonald Meats, you guys have won. There's a whole plaque of awards over there. Yeah. Or behind there, in there. And that's not strictly for venison, but you use a lot of the same 
tactics. Let's get into maybe the meat preparation we've kind of covered are from the field. Now we're kind of in that step before the fork seasoning before, or do you guys, or do you season when you take it out of the freezer or the fridge? What, what kind of steps do you take? Are you talking about like whole muscle cuts are you talking about? Or? Well, you're talking to a guy who doesn't do it. So I don't know. Like, obviously I really like deer sticks, but I also like a steak and I don't, I like, yeah. I don't put a lot of seasoning uh, on seasoning, a steak, yeah. you know? So right. is there some cuts that you're gonna pre-season or is there some that you just, everything's going to be done your choice? Yeah, it's your choice. It, I mean, it's what yeah. you want to do with it. If I'm taking a, a hind quarter roast and I'm cutting it in steaks, I'm going to cut it in steaks Yeah. after I've had it in the fridge for four or five days. And then I'll cut the steaks and I'm going to season it and throw it on the smoker or the grill or put it, the, put it on a fry pan. Do and it I, that way. Just like I would do a steak. Right. Mm-hmm. And usually yeah. I'm, I, you know, like we went to just salting the meat, a light salt, mm-hmm. like six to eight hours prior to putting it on the grill. Okay. Um, and that works out great. it works out really good. And you can, you can do them more than just salt. You know, mm-hmm. you can do any seasoning you prefer. Um, but most seasonings have salt in them. So, you know, you're doing it, it, it what happens is, is that salt originally pulls the moisture out to the surface of the meat. And a lot of people then just throw it right on the grill at that point. Um, and now you've kind of pulled that moisture out, but if you let that sit there six to eight hours, it'll actually pull that moisture back into the meat and it's going to give you a way better eating experience yeah. no matter what you're eating yeah that's so. the red meat beef red meat beef pork, pork. and so maybe this is a good time pork, to bring it up so you have a dumb guy like me that walks in and instead of looking at your cut chart and going through with the people up front like standing there for 45 minutes on what i want done what is the average deer hunter or brings in a deer what are they getting done from they're going to give you the the whole animal what are they getting what is the average or norm i guess you could say that's, no, that's well, kind of my end. Yeah. Um, typically, when you bring in a deer here, you're going to come up to the front desk. We're going to say, you know, get your regular information on your hunting license numbers. Make sure you bring that stuff in. Register your deer. Okay. So many people yeah. forget to register their deer. Yep. That's just standard procedure, right? So for, register, for us, but yeah, it's good information to put out there. Register, you should as register. a hunter because ultimately that helps. Right. And we won't take it anyways. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah get the deer registered we're going to go through do you want steaks chops roasts okay that's the first thing yeah and we're going to want to find out if you want jerky because those steaks chops roasts the jerky comes from those same cuts, cuts. really so mm-hmm. yeah it's gotcha. a whole muscle meat that we're going to work yep. with unless you wanted like a reformed reconstructed jerky then we can use trimmings but mm-hmm. we're going to ask you those questions first do you want steaks chops roasts and jerky and then after that it's do you want sausage do you want hamburger grind grind and that's a mixed yep that's a mix so mm-hmm. if you want and then if it's lay like a wild rice sausage we're going to take let's say 10 pounds of venison we're going to take 10 pounds of pork to make a 20 pound batch gotcha now if you want sticks or summer sausage it's that 10 pounds of venison with five pounds of pork and then we can adjust that depending on the size of the deer average deer coming through you know if it's an average size deer that weighs 110 pounds mm-hmm. um you know you're looking at maybe two three items and then a steak and steaks and roasts Yep. So we can't make more meat than there really is. Right. right. So, um, and, and then we have minimums. And on that, on that note, um, you know, there's a huge miss, not a misconception, but everybody thinks their deer is bigger than what it really is. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, especially <laughs> like, doe, Oh, that's 150 pound doe, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they have that in their mind. So they think mm-hmm. 150 pounds of meat mm-hmm. or, you know, or close to or that, half that or half yeah. that, you know? So you start taking, I mean, we see what average carcass come through here. So, they're, the carcass after the hides pulled off and it's just the carcass of bone and meat hanging there. It's yeah. 80 
to probably a hundred pounds, somewhere right. in there in that 20 pound swing. So then you could figure, depending upon how it's shot, 45 to 50% of that weight yeah. is your take home weight. And you remember when you shoot that deer perfect right behind the front shoulder, there's going to be meat loss Yeah, because you it, know, if you're shooting with bows now, I mean, there's yeah. so much kinetic energy, uh, rifles, they expand the bullets do. We're not going to put that product in right. your meat, in your <coughs> sausage and stuff yep. like that. So, you got to remember, we're trying to obviously get you the most meat we possibly can, mm-hmm. but we're not going to put garbage in there. Right. right. So that's, uh, that's good to know. And then your, so your jerky mm-hmm. or your sticks and then your sausage, uh, you have some secrets that a lot of people in, have enjoyed. Um, and you offer that. Yeah. And that's Travis's own. Yeah. I mean, so. You, you uh, hit on all the plaques and all our awards that we, mm-hmm. we've won. We have a lot of recipes here. We use those exact same recipes in our venison process. The only thing different is we're adding venison. Right. So, so, you know, they're, they're the same recipes. Everything's the same, you know. And, and, and if there's things, you know, we, we do two, two types. We do a batch. So if, if you don't mind your venison being batched with other people, we do it that way. That's on the sausage end. Only that, yep. That's on the sausage end. And mm-hmm. then we do a keep separate. So backing up a little bit, when you bring a deer to me, your steaks, your chops, your roast, your jerky, your grind is always yours that we don't mix anybody's deer. Every deer is tagged when it comes in here and it goes through. Then when it comes to the sausage, we have two types batched or keep separate. Um, so if there's something that you like about ours, but you want more jalapenos or you want this, or you want that, then it would go down to the keep separate side of things. And we can make that for you. Mm-hmm. We, we, we adjust our recipes a lot of times for yep. the, for hunters that come in that like our recipe, but they just want to add something different to it. So we'll definitely do that to them for them too. So it's perfect on that. Uh, <clears throat> let's just go around the horn because mm-hmm. people like to learn. I like yeah. to learn. Jake, right off the bat, what's your favorite cut of meat on wild game? Not anything, but let's okay. Let's just put it down to deer, okay? Oh, I mean, I think everybody's you know backstrap is one of the best ones as far as. And then how are you? How are you preparing it so that you you like it that way? Are you using a smoker? Are you using a, a hot grill or frying it or? Oh, I use pellet smoker quite a bit. Yeah, um, or you know. You fry pan, sear it up. Uh, I yeah. guess it's just. I like the back straps too. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Back straps or 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 the top. You know, yeah. it, you take the top top Which round top out of the hind the hind quarter. On the hind quarter. Yep. Um, that's going to be your best cut, least grainy. Um, you know, age it like we talked about. Two three days in the fridge, four days in the fridge. Salt Heck, it. I've done even a little bit longer than that. Take it out, salt it season it let mm-hmm. it sit for eight hours and then put it on i run a pellet smoker so you know throw a little smoke on there maybe half hours worth of smoke and then crank that up and keep it at that rare medium rare I slice like the, it mm. mine in butter and a caster and pan <laughs> like, yeah. you should really meet and he's only really 150 meet. pounds yeah. wet you know yeah. so i mean i don't know where he i think it. you can have some more butter butter yeah. yeah and that's where we talk to keith and i encourage you guys to go listen to his podcast as well is because he's a chef right. his his job is after you guys are done is making it so the customer comes back yeah. and, and asks for that. Um, he says one of the greatest things in the world is butter mm-hmm. to put the fat. Cause when we, when we speak of a, a beef cow or, or a slice, you know, we talk marbling right? Yep. and I know we're starting to sound like a broken record, 
but in deer, not so much. Right. So you need to maybe add a little bit. And you brought up butter. Yeah. Um, That's why I like butter. Mm -hmm. Gives that flavor. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, okay. We're, we're all sitting around here and we enjoy steaks. We enjoy chops. We enjoy the roast, Mm -hmm. uh, neck roast or any kind of roast that falls apart in a crock pot. Let's let's step outside. What are some things that people don't usually hear of? I heard you earlier talk about venison fajitas, mm-hmm. which I think are amazing. Right. Uh, is there any, you know, I've heard of like venison stroganoff, uh, some other, other things that you've been in the business for 106 years that mm-hmm. maybe stand out? Well, another thing would be like stew meat, uh, doing some stew. But fajitas, um, you know, I don't know if I've, People really don't venture out too much when it come, comes to that stuff. But um, if you want to try stuff, um, you know, you can do a front shoulder roast on a deer. Yeah. You know, okay. which is typically a bone in comes off the front plate of your, your shoulder blade. Um, you can do something like that. It's going to be a completely different flavor and taste. Um, but you can take that and we can break that down for you. If you want a shoulder roast, we will ask you that if you do want a front shoulder roast as well. Mm-hmm. Um Cooking wise, I'm not the greatest cook, but there has been a lot of stuff on that that roast, particular, yeah, um, on cooking stuff, on different things like that, or like a neck roast. You're gonna have to have a good sized deer, um, right? A lot more common on elk, mm-hmm. um, but slow cooking that neck roast meat. Um, you're just different flavors come out of the different portions of the animals that you're gonna get versus the hind quarter versus the front quarter flavor. You know, you're gonna get more flavor coming out of that front shoulder. And you are on a hindquarter. And I think, too, like, when you're talking wild, lean, wild game, mm-hmm. like, just not overcooking it. Yeah. 100%. You know, 100%. You know, that's, I think that's the biggest thing than to having it yeah. taste good. I've seen one you of know, the funny. Or use a meat thermometer. If you're not quite sure, use that meat thermometer, meat thermometer. Yeah, what is the temperature for medium Shameless rare. plug, but we sell meat thermometers. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And you know how to use them. Yeah. And you just, the ones we sell, put it in there, instant read. Yeah. You know, and you're going to want to, depends on how red you really want to go, but I will run mine to 130 to 135 and then pull it. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's rare to medium mm-hmm. rare. Yeah. You know, I mean, rare, rare would be like that 120. I mean, that's basically searing it both sides and it's lukewarm in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like Sean said that, what did you say? That 130? 130, 135 yeah. is what I run mine to. And yeah. then, you know, I like that. You got to have that red because if you overcook venison, bear any, yeah. anything that wild mm-hmm. game you're gonna get you're just chewing you're on just it. it's it's yeah. rough yeah. you might as well make burger then at that yeah. point you know and, yeah. and remember when you pull that that piece of meat off too at 135 it's gonna climb two to three degrees still too so always keep that in mind because you should let that Especially piece in a, rest if you it's know. a larger piece it's exactly even, go, you know, if you're even higher than a roast that. you know or something of that sort and slicing it up then you're, you're gonna remember it's gonna that he's gonna keep climbing so yeah. is venison hamburger common yeah, yeah very common it. is yep. it it's mixed uh, yeah either way i mean you depend upon how you want to do it um we we do straight we can mix it with uh beef fat we mm-hmm. can uh, we we recommend the the pork third pork, third yep. pork that's which, most popular man option. i mean my wife never came from a hunting family and um yeah i I did what you did, mm-hmm. lied to her. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> the step program for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I figured get you out of the doghouse if there's two of us. In there. I like your cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You like that? <laughs> I love my wife when she lets me go hunting. Yeah, but two, day, two days a year. Yeah, two days a year. Um, but you know that venison grind with third pork, 
do it spaghetti. You know, you can do like a, a ground stroganoff if you want to do it that way. Um, chilies, different things like that. Um, I do mine a little different. I just add beef fat, 10% beef fat. I like, I like that deer flavor mm-hmm. that you're going to get yep. or elk. Yep. Um, so I add just beef fat to mine. Most popular though, you're looking at that third pork. A lot of people like to do beef instead too. So we give you four options. We give you beef, pork, beef fat, or nothing added to it. So, so do you guys, you, you know, we've been talking about for people to bring their stuff in. I think you were telling me you sell some supplies too for people if they do yeah. some of their own. And then, oh, yeah. then also you guys sell like beef fat, pork fat and stuff to people if they want to. So people that want to do their own thing, that do their own processing at home, do their own sausage making, we carry all the seasonings for what you see in our store. It's all for sale. Um, we have those seasoning kits made up for our most popular things in, you know, in a sausage, it'd be a 25 pound batch size seasoning weight. Um, jerkies are 10 pounds. And then you we carry all the, the stick casings, the summer sausage casings, ground burger casings, paper, plastic, knives. You know, if you want a six inch boning knife to work on your stuff, we've carried scabbards. All of that stuff is here for the person that wants to try to do it on their own too. And, and this year might be a perfect year for that to learn mm, that. Yeah, and I sure. think the big thing is is you can come in here and you can be like, All right, Sean, like I wanna try this. What do I like what do I need here? Right. Oh yeah. You know, you don't have to it's it's the pro shop of the meat shop. We do. We have a yeah. great staff here that knows, you know, that are outdoors people mm-hmm. that, or have been in this industry long enough to understand like hey you've got this you know we can get you set up with all the proper things to make your own sausage you know if you need the pork you need paper wrap you need plastic wrap we're going to get you set up and then when you have questions come here we'll, we'll help right. you because that's our job and guess what that's what we like to talk about well yeah, i don't want to work I don't want, I don't want i don't want travis to have me work i right. want to talk to people all day <laughs> Well, and you never feel like you're offending us by any means either by coming in and wanting to do it yourself. You right. know, I mean, that's that's what we're here for ultimately. I mean, yeah, for sure. We, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, we're selling the stuff, but it, people get a sense of pride when when they can harvest that animal and they like do the whole from start to finish. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and they come to us and they talk to us about smoking it and what they should smoke it at and what temperatures and you know. And how long and what seasonings to use and, you know, all those things. We're here for you, yeah. you know, and I mean, I, I don't want to plug us, but it, I mean. Well, that, no, and it's and perfect it, because sometimes granddad's recipes aren't, you know. Well, that's what you like, too. I mean, yeah. I mean right. if you're going to go to other meat markets, too, they're going to probably sell their seasonings and stuff, too. If you like St. Joe Meats, yeah, you want to go there, I'm sure you could probably talk to them and they could get you set up with whatever they have that you really like, so. It's not just for us. It's industry wide. I mean, everyone's got to just say, "Hey, we're good. We're all here to help you." And that's just that industry wants to help the customers. Yeah, I'm gonna put you guys on the spot. Perfect. Okay. So, for some dumb reason, I decided to be a gun hunter this year, and I shoot a deer on November seventh, and you're open till seven p.m. that yep. day, and I bring in my deer. Yep. When do I get it back? Dun dun dun. Yeah variable on what if you bring it on monday versus saturday there's a big difference huge difference okay. so because the amount of deer that come in on sunday and monday are you better be waiting ready to wait a yeah. little mm-hmm. bit because of the line um but typically what we're going to tell people is six to eight weeks yeah yeah and so exactly six to eight weeks and that depends on what you have made and, and it right. might depend upon how many deer we take that eight weeks you know we might even tell people don't be alarmed when you come in it might be 10 plus weeks we just don't know. 
Um, just know this, that we're keeping your deer cold. We're doing. And that's what I was going to ask you is it's taken care of from when they drop it off. Correct. Nothing changes. I built a, I built a shed that, uh, well, it's a freezer. And and, I mean, this thing has capabilities to run to negative 30 all the way up to 40 degrees. So, I mean, if it's a cold November, um, I can run it at that 35 knowing most of my animals are coming in hot. Right. Or hot, they're coming in cold, yep. you know. And if they do come in warm, I can put them on the floor. But if it's a, you know, back in the early two thousands when we were having some 70, 80 degree right openers, you know, that's that's what really pushed us to build that. You know, now I can turn that down to basically a freezer, and I can chill those carcasses very quickly. Um, so getting back to that, it like Sean said, you bring it in on Saturday, a opener. Mm-hmm. Honestly, a couple weeks, two three right. weeks, depending upon. Two days later. Yeah, six to eight weeks. Yeah, three days later, and that's if, if it's you were unknown. looking to just get uh, steaks, chops, roasts, and grind done, it's going to be different than sausage. Yeah, mm-hmm. having you know a whole bunch of sausages made in sticks and jerky, that is that takes more time because we're going to be running. You know, we're running twelve hours a day there back there. Right, but we still get so much stuff. It's the whole deer. Plus, we get trimmings. We get you know quarter stuff from deer, quarter deer. We get elk. You know, all these variables, but. If it's steak, chops, roast, and grind, or just, you know, another thing for people is if you are looking for that budget, too, and you're not quite sure what you're looking to get into, we can do your steaks, chops, roast, stuff like that, and we can bag your trim. Put it all in a bag, in not just one bag. We put it in 10-pound cryovac mm-hmm. bags. Okay. So it's just not stuffed in some big giant bag. 10-pound mm-hmm. cryovac bags, and you can bring that back anytime. Yep. And it's a lot easier then. Instead of waiting, you get your your trimmings back. If you got a place to keep it in the freezer, bring it back February, March. We have a ten percent discount then because that's our s- slower technical time of the year. <laughs> right, which it doesn't happen anymore. But wait, till I'm going to talk to him in March. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you can bring it back then, and then you know spread that out, or bring in ten pounds at a time. And then instead of having one, two, three, four whole deer that you got into all this sausage and stuff, and yeah. You have this, you can come back and bring it in incrementally. So I think that's a good like question too, is like, so a guy's going to break it down at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, he's taking most of the cuts down himself and then the trim, like what, what's acceptable trim? What should somebody be mm-hmm. saving and bringing you and what, what is something that shouldn't maybe be in that trim pile? Yeah. I'd stay away from the rib meat. Um, that type of, I mean, when I say rib meat in between the ribs, um, you know, there's that layer of meat that runs, right along them ribs you can remove um yeah that top cap over there because the the yeah the top cap you know the problem with the rib meat is how well was it washed on the inside you know all that stuff you're getting some in in, internal meat then um to hit on something real quick that so when you do it at home do put put yourself make your 10 pound bags your ziploc bags that type of stuff what we see come in here is as much air out as possible exactly is people throw it in a five gallon bucket Mm-hmm. And then put it in their freezer, or I mean, we've had throw. They'll throw it in garbage garbage bags. Garbage bags is a big no no. no, no. There's oils and different things that help garbage break down. Those just leach into the meat. So get your big gallon Ziploc bags, put them in that because just think of okay, now you cooled this deer down. You got all this trim, maybe three four deer worth of trim. You throw it in a five gallon bucket and you set that five gallon bucket in your at home freezer mm-hmm. that's running maybe ten mm-hmm. below. Maybe, yeah. and now you just put two or three five-gallon buckets in there that that meat ain't freezing for four days, four right. or five days, yeah. honestly. Um, 
so the quality there is going down. So do yourself a favor, break it down, you know, 10, 20 pound bags, freeze it down nice for us. Um, and back to the, what you should save, you know, just be, just look at it and would you want to eat, eat it? Would you eat it? That's the yeah. biggest Not, thing. You don't want fats. Yep. Fats aren't, are, are going to give you that. It's going to go back to that gamey flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, venison fat is going to give you that gamey flavor. I mean, there's acceptable. You can have some of that fats in there, but try to keep that down. Cut that out. Um, tendons, we don't want that. Yep. We don't want bloodshot. Nope. Hair, 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 hair. Hair, hair is terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, just and there's nothing wrong with the when you got it hung and scun with a garden hose. Oh, oh no. Spray that thing down. Spray the thing down. Yeah. yeah. You obviously want to keep the meat as dry as possible, but, you know, as in as an industry, I mean, when it comes to cattle or hogs, mm-hmm. after they get slaughtered, they get sprayed down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's not bad for them. You just want to dry the meat out after the fact. You don't want yep. to keep it, you know, going back to like a Western hunter. You don't want that meat sitting in water the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to keep yeah. that rotated out. If you can, keep, them, keep the, the blocks of ice down low and then keep the meat on top of that. Yep. And then keep that water draining out because um, water is not, not the greatest thing for that. So, Yeah, plastic bags or like Ziploc bags and yeah. a piece of plastic if you're out west. Or even if you're not out west, if you're right. hunting up north, we say like the 218ers. The, you know, there's a lot of pine trees <laughs> yep. and there's a lot of Needle. needles and stuff like that. Yep. Lay the plastic down. Yep. It's yeah. cheap and you're going to get a better end product. Yep. Yeah. And, and on that note too, up north or whatever, you know, hitting back on on opener say it is a 25 degree you know day it's getting cold at night make sure you're still hanging those deer up you know we'll have where people just throw them on the trailer yeah they think man it's cold out that cavity's closed that up. cavity's no closed air. up they're next to the other deer that brother shot and we see spoilage then it'll happen at 20 degrees for sure oh, yeah. we see it for every sure. year every year so one of the biggest things when we were little <clears throat> before we we're hunting our our only job was to find a stick yeah, and to open split up the cabin. it. Yeah, that, that was our job: <laughs> find a stick, find that right stick, and try to get that the right up. stick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. You guys, that's just to open things up. You want correct. To get open, things cooled. Cool yeah, and there's nothing wrong with you know, find one that probably isn't shedding its bark. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but but you know, yeah, definitely prop. You know, like Sean said, if it's not that trophy box, splitting yeah. up that brisket, spreading that open. Um, anything that you can start opening up hind legs, hind quarters, splitting down to that H bone. Um, you know, opening that up because you have to remember their, their hide is ready for winter. That's just retaining all that heat. So the more you can open it up from the chest in hindquarters, the better. And you, we say trophy buck. Okay. Let's dabble on that a little bit. And the reason you're saying an animal that you're going to mount, right. a, shoulder mount gonna correct, a shoulder mount is we're caping, we're going behind the shoulder and we're caping yep. that animal. We're taking the cape forward, yep. usually splitting right up the vertebrae all the way to the pole. Mm-hmm. of that animal and if you're not <clears throat> good or you have questions you guys will keep it out yeah yeah we do keeping here yep and it's it's really not that hard no but you have to be because the worst thing to do i mean you don't want to buy a new cape right no you want to be animal. poking through a whole bunch of spots yep. so if you have questions on that it doesn't take you guys very long you yep. can you can help or you can maybe even talk it through once you see it done, you'll understand the process. Right. And the yep. thing is with nowadays, there's so much content out of there. Yeah. YouTube, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you can figure it out if you have accessibility to YouTube, internet, stuff like that. It's all there. Yeah. If you want, um, Travis and I are talking about trying to do some videos. I don't know if anybody's 
interested in anything like that, but, you know, on how to break down deer, how to, uh, the cuts that we had talked about earlier, having mm-hmm. those primals, yep. you know, we can try to put something together for that too. So, yeah, I think people would be interested. I think that's a, you know, it, it's, you know, we came from farm families mm-hmm. that, you know, you were used to animals getting butchered. You were used to that process. So it was less intimidating to us. So mm-hmm. that wasn't right. a concern of ours when we shot an animal was what right. to take care of it. But there's a lot of people getting into the sport. I think there's so that, that's many a, people this year. Yeah. And I, that's a big concern is, is how, what do I do with this thing afterwards? And, uh, you know, I think this is a showing there's great resources out there for people right. to, and, you know, take care of it, open it up, get it cooled down. And, and there's people that'll help you out with it after that. So right. it doesn't have to be an intimidating thing. You yeah, can no. get good right. food for the family. Right. It's make it fun. I mean, you the do whole not process. have to be intimidated. No. And you guys are more than happy. Right. Granted, you want the business, right? But you're also in the same side, Sean. You can stand up front and you can sell them the right, right. knives, <clears throat> right packaging material, seasoning. Right. If they want to dabble in that, which it is a very rewarding experience. Oh, sure. You know, when you're sitting in January and you're sitting and you're eating the meat, you can kind of relive that whole process. Right. It yep. comes brings it back full circle again. And one thing about McDonald Meats is it's one of the cleanest and most professional setups around the area that's that's one of the horror stories of my is like jake said i grew up on a farm then i moved away from the farm down to this area and i went to a locker with a doe i shot early season and i seen how everything was handled and it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth right <clears throat> but you guys are you're not about the bottom line you're, you you want the experience no, because you want somebody to come back yeah our yeah. first concern is product quality Yes. Right. Product quality. Because if I have great product quality, then I know I what I have to do from here, mm-hmm. I can make sure it gets to the, into their hands as yep. quality product. So. And like you said, you're a magician, but you cannot do magic. Correct. So preparation from after the shot. Correct. Till and, and, and when we, that daunting 10-week period. If a guy shoots a deer in pre-rut now from now until November 1st, and we bring it into you guys, you're not overly... Right now, it's two to three weeks. Right. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> right. So it, and, perfect and, time. And we always push through. So we always push through the bow kills and move them through before yeah. we, you know, gun starts. But we make sure those are pushed through, gone through. And, and gone through, and then the the gun hunting starts. And so, so just to, <clears throat> we'll start wrapping things up here a little bit. But McDonald Meats, Clear Lake, Minnesota. You yep. cannot miss the storefront, especially if there's a train. You'll yep. be here for a while. Be there Actually, a just bit. just go in and get something to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just swing on in. But we have um, youth season. Yep. Yeah. Starts Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. <clears throat> you guys are open. Yep. To complete carcass, the entire animal. Yep. I'm we can all bring here. Too. Okay. So, and you're going to continue that on until you tell us or you tell the public. You're on social media. You have website. Yep. Everything is good to go. You can call the shop. Call yeah, the shop. Call the shop. Yep. And just kind of, kind of get an ETA and get you know what you're thinking. Yep. But uh, we'll we, know more that Monday, Tuesday of opener where we're going to be at because you know between Sunday and Monday, typically it's around 500 deer we take in mm-hmm. just in those two days. It's um, variable on temperature. In temperature, you know, so we'll know kind of more where we're at. So. So we're just putting that out there. There is a there is a shop that's open. Um, and not only will they take care of the entire animal, they'll go through the whole process with you from you talk to Sean up front or any of the guys and gals on what exactly you need. Yep. Or if you want to do it on yourself, 
yeah. talk to the guys and gals, and they will they will guide you in that right direction. And I think for that sure. might be the option for people this year to start learning how to do it on their own, just if, if it is that busy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great year to learn how to do it. I mean, you, it's nice to know how to break down the deer, well, and I think quarter the deer. And once it's quartered, too, bring it here after that. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to turn down a quarter yeah, that, deer. And a lot of people don't carcass. know that. Right, right, you know? right, right. And I think, too, one of the <clears> neat <throat> things is, is you know, I don't know what seasoning I'm going to get. Buy some product that you guys have right. there that's you know beef or, or pork or whatever mm-hmm. that's already you know sausage that's seasoned with it right yeah and you can try it and i, I like that one that's what i want to do with my deer you know so it's kind of gives you a taste before you're 25 right. pounds into it or right. yeah. yeah and you know a lot of the industry real quick you know every meat market does it different of what they add for you know so you got your venison if it how much pork you know and we do equal amounts of pork on our smoked sausage and fresh sausage and then a third on sticks in summer so with that our products i mean when you talk a a wild game product to what we make are very close very close so you come in you try a jalapeno cheddar smoke brought out in the case Mm -hmm. you get elk made out of that you're not gonna know the difference it's gonna be great it's gonna be Awesome. So many questions. So many. We're not done yet. Okay. <laughs> We've all experienced this, <clears throat> especially you guys have been out west, right? We shoot an elk or an antelope. We're going to have fresh back straps that morning right. or that, yeah. that night. Eh, or good? I'll eat anything. No problem. Do you want to let it sit longer? Yeah, but you know what? That's part of the experience. Oh, you, yeah, for you sure. Know, yeah. You shoot an elk, <clears throat> you shoot an antelope. You get that taken care of. You get tenderloin them cleaned up. Tenderloin. That's yep. my favorite thing to do when you're in the backcountry is cooking up tenderloins over a fire. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that kind of makes the whole process go round, you know? For sure. So I and would if, definitely if do If that. you're like me, don't bank on shooting an animal for no. your supper. Bring <laughs> lots of food. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we do offer those meals. You know, we got steaks. Por- no. <laughs> since I moved here, since it's, that's what I was going at is, okay, I call it the March of Orange. Yep. Here in a couple of weeks, we're going to see some orange out on the clothesline. And then that Thursday before on I-94 and right. 10's just right, right there. Here. Yep, It's unbelievable the amount of that. And I think it's so cool that people yeah. are still like Hunting the tradition. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. tradition. The, yeah, for sure. And I'm not downplaying at all. But I'm saying is like you literally exit 94 and it's however many miles or 10. And you guys are right here. Right. You have stuff available for camp yeah camp yep and like you talked about the jalapeno cheddar broths cheddar yeah broths i mean we have i mean anything sticks sticks well and just jerky and sticks <clears throat> for out in the stand you know mm-hmm. uh, i have yet to get busted eating a beef stick in the stand <laughs> i don't think deer recognize the smell of a beef <laughs> no, stick so no. I, I would you, recommend it you taste that that new seasoning and it makes right. you hunt harder yeah right yeah, i gotta get some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you've been awesome. I appreciate it. Again, we're gonna. Your uh, you can check the website, social media, McDonald Meats. I uh, appreciate Travis, Sean. You guys are top shelf. As you, you. you'd say that choice, yeah. choice, Prime? top shelf, choice? Prime. There you go. Prime. whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, I appreciate it. Uh, check the website for everything on that. What they're gonna be? They're taking uh, animals right now, and uh, they'll continue until they say no more. But we wish everyone a very successful season. And after the success, take a little preparation time so that it tastes better in the end and these guys will hook you up uh check out a future podcast on behalf of everybody here at archery country we appreciate you listening and we'll see you down the road
Thank you for listening to Archery Country Podcast. 